if I were to offer all of you, any of you, a, a map that would lead you to guaranteed treasure, riches beyond your wildest dreams, would you take it? What if I had told you that in order to receive that map, to get that pathway to the treasure, that you would have to give up everything that you currently have now? Would you still take it? What if I told you that saying no to this would mean that in the end, you're going to be in complete misery anyways? That you can have your stuff for a while now, but when your life comes to a close, it's going to be nothing but pain, suffering, darkness, and misery. Would you take the map then? Seems like a pretty obvious choice. Seems like a pretty obvious choice. And that's the choice that all of us have. Do we follow the way or do we choose not to? In John 14, 2 through 6, it says, Jesus is talking to his disciples and he says, My father's house has many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you may also be where I am. You know the way to the place where I'm going. And here comes Thomas, Thomas in verse 5. Thomas is a little, a little bit slow on the uptake as for Jesus. Like, and Thomas said, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. Now the greatest treasure that any of us could ever hope to obtain is heaven. It's the pinnacle. It's the very best of the best. And Jesus there has prepared a place for each and every one of us who have decided to follow the way and who have put our faith in Him. And I'm talking, this is beyond our wildest imagination. Jesus is the way, He is the truth, and He is life. And no one, no one gets to the Father except through Him. So why follow the way? Why follow the way? Why follow Jesus? The first reason is because heaven is worth following the way. Heaven is worth following the way. In Matthew uh, 13, Jesus has a couple statements. He makes a couple statements about heaven that are very, very telling. The first thing that he says in Matthew 13, 44 and 45, he says that the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then in his joy went and sold all that he had, and he bought that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and he sold everything he had, and he bought it. Heaven is worth giving up everything that you have in your life to obtain. Heaven is worth giving up absolutely everything that you have in your life to obtain. It is the treasure that makes the purchase worth it. We look in that verse, the field is just a field until the treasure is found. The thing that makes all the difference is the prize that comes at the end of buying in to that field. See, the thing that makes following Jesus worth it is at the end of our time here, the prize for buying in and following the way is beyond our wildest imagination. Now, we can grasp treasure, right? I think that we honestly, in our day and age, we can grasp treasure. We're driving down the road and we see a Ferrari pass us. 
One, we're thinking, what is that doing in Springfield or Republic area? And two, we're thinking, that person's loaded. Or they have a lot of debt. But they're at least loaded enough to have that much debt. <laughs> right? So we can understand. We can drive by a house and we can see that house and think, holy cow, that is, that's a mansion. That's a house. Like, we can see things and we can comprehend treasure. There used to be the show when I was growing up, I don't know if it's still around, uh, on MTV called uh, MTV Cribs right? And what it did is it took you into the homes of the rich and famous, athletes, uh, music superstars, CEOs, all kinds of things. And it took you into their homes and showed you how they lived. And I'm telling you, some of the stuff was amazing. Like refrigerators that like were hidden and would just come out of the wall as a smoke machine was going, right? Shark tanks that are literally the size of my entire house. They're like, Here's my bathtub. 74 people can fit in it. I never take a bath, but it was there, so I bought it, right? Like, we can comprehend treasure. We can look at something and see immense worth in it. But we have no idea. We can't even begin to grasp what heaven is like. I would like to be able to describe it to you. And and in the Bible, we see descriptions. We're told that there's many mansions and streets of gold and pearly gates, and we, 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 we have all these visions put in our mind, but we just cannot quite grasp exactly what heaven is. I know that because in 1 Corinthians 2.9 it says, however it is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him. We can't even begin to imagine what God has prepared for us. We can't even begin to touch the surface of that. Paul wrote it best in Philippians 3.8 when he stated, What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ. Can you imagine looking at everything in your life and just seeing it as garbage? Hopefully not. (laughs) Hopefully that's not an experience you have. But can you imagine looking upon everything and just seeing it as complete waste in awe of knowing Christ? See, here's the bottom line. Ultimately, we chase what we deem our treasure. We chase what we deem our treasure. And whenever we find that thing that we identify as worthy of the chase, we go after it. And we'll give up everything that we have to obtain it. Right? We'll give up everything we have to obtain it. And we focus in on that thing. We focus in on that thing. So if Jesus is the treasure of your heart, then that is what you will chase after. That's the direction that you are heading. But if He's not, then where are you going? What have you made your treasure in life? Is it notoriety? Is it monetary success? Is it recognition? Is it praise? Is it possessions? Is it being right? What have you made worthy of chasing? What at all costs do you say, I'll give everything else up to get that? I'll make a bold enough statement to say that if it's not Jesus, it should be. If it's not Jesus, it should be. Are you chasing after Christ? Are you following the way? 
Because Jesus, who's he, he is the way. He's the way. It hit me hard this week. Hit me really hard this week in my study. That we don't believe to avoid hell. We don't believe to avoid hell. Throughout my entire life, I've heard that. You don't want to go to hell. You don't want to go to hell. You don't want to end up there. So you've got to follow Christ. You've got you to get in line. You've got to believe in Jesus because you don't want to go to hell. Hell's awful. Hell's the worst place imaginable, and I don't disagree with that. But we don't believe in Jesus to avoid hell. We believe in Jesus to gain heaven. We believe in Jesus to gain heaven. How would that change your outlook, your walk with Jesus, if you weren't looking at what you were avoiding, but rather what you were gaining? How would that change your walk with Jesus if you were looking forward to what he was going to give you in the end versus what's behind you that can no longer touch you because you've put your faith in the Almighty? I think lives would change drastically. Here's the thing about Jesus. Jesus gave everything to pave the way. He gave everything to pave the way. In 1 Peter 3.8 it states, For Christ also suffered once for our sins, the righteous for the unrighteousness, to bring you to God. He put to death, he was put to death in the body, but made alive in the spirit. Now, we have discussed this at length. We have. We've talked about how Christ loves you so much that he chose to go to a cross and he chose death so that he could reconcile you with God. We've talked about that. I probably brought the sermon back to it almost every week this series. And if I'm being completely honest, most weeks I think that a pastor's job is to connect the word of God to the fact that he lovingly sent his son who willingly went to the cross to reconcile us back to him. I honestly believe that with all my being. But did you know this? Did you know that you, you, not you, you are Christ's treasure? Jack Altamat is Christ's treasure. Elijah Dean is Christ's treasure. Floyd is Christ's treasure. When Christ looked at everything and he said, what's the treasure of my heart? What am I willing to give everything for to go and obtain? He looked at you and said that. He looked at you and said, that's what I want more than anything in the world. That's my end goal. And that's exactly what he did. Because in John 6.38, Jesus states, For I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but the will of the one who sent me. I've come down from heaven. Jesus left the very place that he just told us was worth giving everything to obtain. He just told us that giving, it's worth giving everything that we have to obtain the treasure that is heaven. Heaven is like a field. A man found a treasure within it, and when he found that treasure, he gave up everything he had just to obtain it. Jesus had it. Jesus had it, and he looked at you and he said, that's my treasure. And I'm going to give up what I have now so that I can have that with me. He gave up praise. He gave up adoration. He gave up golden streets. He gave up perfection for you and for me and for everyone because that's his heart. Because that's his heart. He sees immense worth in you as an individual. 
in Scripture, we know that He will leave the 99 to find the one. Which means that you alone were enough for Him to come and to die and to be broken and to be spit out like He was nothing. You're the treasure of His heart. And that should mean the world to you. Romans 8.39 states that neither height nor depth nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Not even heaven itself. Not even heaven itself because Jesus chose to leave that place for you. And here's the bottom line. The bottom line is that Jesus is the only way to get to that treasure. Jesus is the only way to get to that treasure. I am the way. And Jesus is the only way to heaven. As Christians, we cannot allow any room in our lives for any other ideology. We just can't do it. See, the world tells us that we go our way, they go their way. We'll let bygones be bygones, and at the end of the day, everything is going to be just fine. You just do you, I'll do me, and we'll live in peace and harmony, and everything will be great. Except it will be for us and it won't be for them. Because Jesus is the only way. But I'm a good person. And being a good person, that's what really matters. I give money to different things and I help people out when I see them on the street. And I help my neighbor mow their yard when they had surgery. And I'm a good person. I'm going to get to heaven. And it always blows me away how when we see a young person die that it's always heaven's gained another angel. And it does us no good to say it, but what if hell's gained another demon? Now, theologically, just so you know, that's not how it works. You don't become an angel when you die. You don't become a demon either. Okay? But there's this idea that, oh, somebody died and they were good to me, and so that must mean that they go to heaven because God loves everybody, and so God's just going to let everybody in, and it just doesn't work that way. All right? It's more Sam's Club than it is Walmart. You have to have your card to get in just how it works. Nowhere in Scripture, nowhere in Scripture does it tell us as Christians to sit idly by while the world is making a beeline for hell. You can still love people. You can still treat people with respect. You can still treat people the way that you would want to be treated and hold true to the fact that Jesus is the only way to heaven. And if it offends them that you feel that way, offend them. Offend them. Because I can tell you, I'd much rather offend somebody next to me than at the end of the day, get up to Jesus and Jesus say, how come you didn't say anything? You knew this, how come you didn't say anything? You worked by that person for 30 years and not one time did you have a conversation with them about who I was. I got to tell you guys, it's not really hard to tell somebody you're praying for them. It's not hard to tell them that Jesus loves them. It's not hard to invite them to church. I'm praying for you. Thanks. Or, I don't really believe in Jesus or God, but whatever. God loves you. Yeah, I'm not so sure God exists. Come to church. No, I don't think so. I have no desire. 
Yes, we face rejection. And in many countries around the world, they face death. But we're in one where we don't. And so what excuse is it that we have? We can love others. We can treat others with respect. But we can hold true to the fact that we all need Jesus. And that's because we all need Jesus. Romans 3, 21-26 says, But now apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been made known, to which the law and the prophets testify. This righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There's no difference between Jew and Gentile, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and all are justified freely by His grace. Christ as a sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of His blood to be received by faith. He did this to demonstrate His righteousness because in His forbearance He had left the sins committed beforehand unpunished. He did it to demonstrate His righteousness at the present time. So as to be just and the one who justifies those who have faith in Jesus. All have sinned. All fall short. All freely are given the justification that Jesus' blood provides. We literally have to do nothing to get our membership card. The thing that separates this from Sam's is that we're not paying $49.95. Jesus loves you enough that he says, follow me, it's yours. And when you say yes, the room and the mansion, the place is being prepared for you. Just like that. Just like that. See, I think the word that all of us fear and I do think that this is connected as the, the H word, hypocrite. Hypocrite. Right? If we keep to ourselves as Christians, then when we don't act non-Christian, people can't say anything about it. I'm not saying that's always the case of why this is an issue, but think about that for a minute. Like my mom always taught me, hey, never put one of those Jesus fishies, the ichthus, is that what that's called? I think so. On the back of your car. Because you don't know how you're going to be acting in traffic. Now you should know. But like purposefully, you will never see that on my, my mom's vehicle because sometimes she can be a little crazy. I love you, mom, if you're listening to this. Does that mean that she's not a Christian? No, it does not. Does that mean that she's not godly? No, it does not. Does that mean that she sins and she has weakness? Yes, it does. Yes, it does. So we fear this word hypocrite. And when it gets thrown around a lot at Christian, it stings. The problem is that we cannot approach the issue of salvation as us, those of us who believe in Jesus, versus them, those of the people that do not. Okay, We can't view it that way. When we look at salvation, we view it as us, all of us who fall short of the glory of God, which is every single person in this room and every single person in this world, and Jesus. The thing that separates us from anybody who's not a believer is Jesus. That's it. That's what makes us different. Because on our own accord, we aren't going anywhere near heaven. We're not. And when we accept Jesus, when we get to know Jesus, do we automatically become perfect people? No, we do not. So we need to, as Christians, stop pretending that we have everything together. Because we don't. And if you approach people in your world and around your workplace and around your schools and around everywhere you go as, listen, I am not a perfect person and I know that. I've experienced grace, and that's what makes the difference. Rather than, I've got everything figured out because I have Jesus and you don't. 
then that word hypocrite seems to disappear. But Jesus is the only way. And we have to hold truth to that no matter what it costs us. No matter what it costs us. And really, at the end of the day, it's a simple decision. Will you follow the way? Will you choose Jesus? Because at the end of the day, a yes decision means treasure and a no decision means despair. But we find our treasure not in a place, but in a person. We find our treasure not in a place, but in a person. Make Jesus your treasure. The rest of everything else will fall into place. But if you put Jesus at the center of your heart, if you make Him the most important thing, and you chase after that treasure, then I can promise you that everything else in your life will start to fall in place. I'm not promising perfection, but I am promising perspective. Believe in the Jesus, in the God who came down to this earth, who chose to leave the very place that He said we should all want to go to pave the way so that we could get there as well. Because at the end of the day, He wants nothing more than for you to be there with Him. Let's pray. God, we come to You right now. We thank You for who You are. We thank You that You are a God who loves us so much that You sent Your Son who loves us so much that He left perfection and He left the ultimate treasure. He left a place that's beyond our wildest of dreams that we can't even begin to comprehend because He made us His treasure. And He chased after us and said, I love you more than anything and I will give up everything for you. Help us to be people who accept grace with grace. Who don't go around boasting about what it is that we have, but go around knowing that we are blessed with what we have because You have been gracious enough to give it to us. Help us to love people around us. Help us to show people our imperfections and our improvements and our struggles and Your love which covers it all. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I don't know if everybody in this room is a Christian. I don't know if everybody in this room has decided that they will follow the way. If you have not made that decision in your life, do not leave today without discussing that with me or with someone else. Jared's over here to the left. If you need to pray with him, come tap him on the shoulder. He would be more than happy to pray with you. I'll be right back over here to my right, ready to pray, ready to talk with you, ready to tell you about who Jesus is and, and what it means to follow him and what it means for your future. Some of you chose to follow the way a long time ago and took a wrong turn. And maybe you just need to find your way back. Come talk to me about that as well. 
Some of you have decided maybe that this is the place that you want to call your home, your center of worship. We would love to have you. We would be happy for you to make this your home if you have that desire. You don't have to do it during this time, but come up to an elder, myself, Jake, or Jared at any point today, Dave, and talk to us about what that looks like as well. We would welcome you with open arms. We want this place to be your place if that's what you want. Otherwise, stand and worship the God who loved you enough to make a way for you to be with him because at the end of the day, that's what he wanted most. Let's worship.